I couldn't believe the situation I found myself in. Last night was not the evening I had in mind. Waking up in an unfamiliar bedroom with a pounding headache and an unfamiliar person in bed with me was certainly not how I'd planned my night. I sat up slowly, trying not to disturb who was ever next to me, and pieced together the fragments of the previous evening. I recalled having several of those PB&J shots. I remember Dad singing. And I definitely remember Andy showing up and a pool game that ensued. There were other blurry memories of the evening, but then a wave of nausea hit me, and I sprinted to the bathroom, barely making it in time as I bowed before the porcelain throne. When I was done, I leaned back and rested against the corner where the tub met the wall. I began to whisper a chant, I will never, ever, ever, ever drink that much again. I will never drink that much again. I swear I will never, ever drink that much again. I heard footsteps approaching and someone entered the room. A warm hand gently brushed my hair back as a damp cloth was placed on my clammy forehead. I looked up to see Andy's kind face with soft, caring eyes. Embarrassment washed over me. I stammered out an apology, embarrassed at making a mess of her bathroom. Andy smiled reassuringly. Don't worry, Roxy. I've seen worse hangovers and worse things in my time. She placed a towel on the counter and suggested I shower and left the room. She promised to return with something that would ease my suffering. The shower was refreshing and I did not want to get out. Andy did come into the bathroom and said, here, drink this. I hid partially behind the shower curtain, extending my right hand to receive the concoction, asking, what is it? Andy said, just drink it, and I suggest fast. I started to chug the horrible smelling, chunky liquid. I lost grip of the shower curtain momentarily, flashing her a bit, but quickly pulled the curtain back. She displayed a mischievous smile and said, Girl, don't be shy. I've seen it all before. She spun around and walked out. I about spit my drink out at that point. As I exited the bathroom wrapped in a towel, I noticed a framed picture on the dresser. It was a photograph of Cody. Confused, I asked, Why do you have a picture of Cody? And she answered from the other room, Cody is my cousin. She then returned with a glass of water and a couple of pain relievers and said, take these. My curiosity peaked and we began to talk more. How long has he known my father? She said, about 15 years. I asked, did he know my mother? Andy smiled. Oh, yes, they had a close relationship. She must have seen my face grow intense and concerned and quickly added, oh, no, not romantically. It was more like a brother-sister thing or in Cody's case, a sister-sister thing. And I was shocked. I asked, is Cody gay? Oh, yes, ma'am. I had a flashback to the previous evening and Cody's toast. I just blurted out, are Cody and my father in a relationship? Andy squirmed, acting very uncomfortable, got up and left the room. I started to follow to press the issue when my phone made a sound. I checked it and ended up being on my phone for several minutes as I caught up on emails and texts getting lost in them. Once caught up, I had completely forgot what we were talking about, and I asked, so how did you end up here? 
Andy sat and leaned back in an overstuffed chair and started to share her story. She said she was incarcerated at a female penitentiary until a few years back. She said, I did my time. It was difficult, but it's behind me now. When I was released, I wanted to be in a place where no one knew me, and I wanted to start rebuilding anew. I nodded understandingly. I wasn't sure how to respond. I just offered, I'm sorry. And then I recalled that burning question I was dying to know and started to ask about it a second time, but my phone rang. It was the architectural firm that had made an offer for employment following up to see what my decision might be. I excused myself to the bedroom, hoping for a bit of privacy. When I told the HR person on the phone, I was on the fence and shared some concerns I had. But she addressed those concerns with a favorable response and then started prodding, convincing me to say yes and accept. When I hang up, I was surprised to see Andy standing in the doorway with her arms crossed, looking livid. I stood there and asked, what? Andy exclaimed, are you serious right now? Roxy, I sunk those three balls last night, fair and square. Now you're accepting a job in New York? I said, first of all, it's ridiculous to base such an important life-altering decision on a game of chance. Are you suggesting I honor a drunken wager that was done in fun? And let's not forget, that last ball was on the edge and did not go in. Andy yelled, yes, it did go in. I added, yes, after Cody knocked it in. And she said he did not knock it in. But yes, I am suggesting you take the wager seriously. Otherwise, you should have said last night, no, I am not doing a wager. I am not leaving my hands to fate. I said, oh, come on, I am not leaving my career to luck. That's not how you get ahead. And she said, luck? Luck had nothing to do with it. I had skill and precision on my side. We agreed that if I succeed, you'd stay in Overton. And now you're just backing out because you simply do not care. Back out? Care? Where are these words coming from? There was a pause as I tried to process what she was saying. Not really sure where this argument was really going or what it was about. We had not known each other long enough to have this kind of intense conversation. Although I have to admit, there was something that felt very comfortable with this conversation. I tried to bring the dialogue to an end, though, by restating facts. I'm not backing out. The third ball did not drop as a result of your effort. It dropped as a result of the table being moved. And care? What are we even talking about here? If you're referring to my father, there's more care now than there has been in 25 years, so we are good there. I care about this town enough to help out any way I can. I think I've proven my point on that. And I am not aware of any other concern I should have. Andy mumbled under her breath, of course you don't. And I said, I'm sorry, what? She said, never mind. If you wish to go to New York, then by all means, go. Do not let me stop you. Andy walked into the bedroom and slammed the door shut behind her. I stood there dumbfounded for a moment. My hangover was going away, but now I was overloaded and overwhelmed with information coming from all directions. So much stuff to process. I walked out the front door, got in the farm truck, and left. As I pulled to the front of Dad's house, I received a text from Andrea. It read, I'm sorry. 
please do not leave Overton. I walked inside Dad's house. It was quiet. I looked around, decided to walk down to the barn. I saw Amy brushing down a horse and thought I'd take this opportunity to pick her brain. I said, hey, Amy, you got a moment? She said, yeah, sure. I said, I took the job in Manhattan. She didn't flinch, not surprised, and said, that's amazing, congratulations. But are you sure about leaving Overton? That I was surprised to hear. I said, thanks, um, but no, I'm not sure. She went on to say, I understand the career aspect, I get it. But remember, there are people here who care about you. And speaking of people, I think someone is really into you. And I was like, what do you mean? She said, well, let's just say a certain someone who you may have just met have more than just friendly feelings for you. Have you considered that? I wasn't sure how I felt about this conversation at this point, but I did say, well, that would explain the odd conversation we had this morning. Let me ask you, Amy, is it possible for someone to fall in love at first sight? Amy shared her thoughts. You know, Rox, the idea of a stranger falling in love upon first impression might sound strange and hard to believe, but it's all about that connection, that initial spark between two people. It's not knowing everything about someone, but more about the irresistible attraction and profound meeting they have that awakens inside of you. And I said, yeah, I get that. I understand it. But what I don't understand is how do you know it's love and not just lust for 24 hours? Isn't it a bit soon upon first glance to say you love someone? Amy explained, it may seem quick, but there are no time restraints in life for love. You should very well know this as someone who was in her apartment just a few weeks ago. Know that life can present a totally different, unexpected scenario at a moment's notice via, say, a simple phone call from someone you never thought you'd hear from again. So my advice rocks, don't try to understand what's happening or why. Just accept that there is someone who believes at this very moment they love you and they want to explore that potential. I just stood there in awe. Wow, Amy, you are deep. <laughs> and she said, great, please stop by and tell Dad. He will be happy to know those college philosophy classes did not go to waste. And I grinned. She said, you know what? Seriously, you should come by tonight and say hi to Mom and Dad. I'm like, oh, no, I'm pretty sure your dad does not want me in his house. She says, oh, come on, don't be silly. And she picked up her phone, called her father right then and there. She said a few uh-huhs, yes. She looked at me in the eye and said, I understand. A few more uh-hahs. <laughs> and then she hung up and kind of stood there quietly for a second. She looked down to the ground and then looked me in the eye, and there was a pause. And she said, yeah, you're right, he's going to kill you. I felt my stomach tighten, confirming what I had feared. Amy just stood there and said nothing, letting that feeling evolve. Eventually, she slapped me on the arm and said, I'm just kidding. He wants to take us all out to dinner tonight at Iron J. <laughs> then she gave me another piece of advice, which I have taken to heart and now use. She said with a sincere softness in her voice, God, Roxy, you really need to lighten up. 
Stop looking over your shoulder. Continue to be your beautiful self. Take what life has to offer you and be grateful for it. Then make it your bitch.